Welcome in to the 48 Minutes Podcast by Believe. I'm Ross Geiger, the host of the show. This is episode 11. Bruce is out tonight, but I am relieved to report that I have not scared away my other co-host, Michael Freer. World B, how are we doing tonight? Show's not over yet, but you you haven't (laughs) haven't scared me off yet. Oh, we're doing great. You know, it's another uh, nice win by my alma mater yesterday in college. So, okay. uh, Gets me all prepped up for the pros. Fantastic. Well, congrats on that. Let's go ahead and get right into our opening tip. And uh, we'll be, I'm going to go ahead and steal this tip right from jump because I have two opening takes. First off, I want to give a quick shout out to Alperin Sangoon of the Houston Rockets. And kudos to our good friend, Bruce, for putting him on our listeners' radar a few weeks back on the pod. Last two games for Sangoon, 33 points on 14 of 7. Shooting, 15 boards, six assists, four blocks against the Lakers on Monday. And he followed that performance up with 24 points on 10 of 16 shooting, 12 boards, and yet again, six assists. So he's doing a great job distributing the ball. And uh, he's been quite incredible as of late. And despite how Houston's season is going, he's surely providing a glimmer of hope for what's to come in H-Town. So wanted to give a quick out- shout out there to Sengun and his uh, wonderful performances as of recently. And then secondly, uh, World B, I had to bring it up and uh, bring it to your attention. No Sabonis, no problem last night in L.A. Uh, for the Kings, who they were visiting uh, the Los Angeles Lakers on the road. And without Sabonis, this felt like a vintage Kings game. Rashawn Holmes started at center, and he was tremendous. He went a perfect 7-7 from the field for 16 points to go along with 11 boards to collect the double-double. And uh, De'Aaron Fox, once again, just Mr. Reliable for that Kings team. 31 points, and all the Kings in that game, all the all the, the starters for the Kings, I should say, scored in double figures. So, uh, you know, World B, how are you feeling about your take on the Kings and uh, how they might be falling off soon? Well, they, uh, they definitely came up big. It's nice to, you know, get a win on the road. Uh, continues a really good run for them. Obviously, five in a row. They've uh, they still have benefited tremendously from opponents who just simply can't play defense. Yeah. All these teams, the Lakers are still bottom ten in defense, or whatever. So while it's great that they're winning, and you know Mike Brown will be up for coach of the year the way things are going, and they definitely got to be taken seriously the rest of the way. Maybe not put them in the championship just yet the next four games they have next three games they have excuse me Oklahoma City the Sixers and the Grizzlies all top 10 defenses so they're on a nice run they've scored at least 120 points per 100 possessions in each of the last six games which is a really impressive number so if they can pull that off against you know a couple of those games against uh, those defenses yeah, then come back to me and I'll be more than uh, happy to say that once again, I was wrong and everybody else is right. So as of now, as it stands, the Sacramento Kings stay atop the Pacific Division in the Western Conference in the standings and uh, big win for them last night. Uh, let's go ahead and just get right into our first quarter here. Uh, we'll be I know that we both made our all star selections, so I wanted to quickly kind of just go through our picks and then maybe just take a brief moment to justify, uh, you know, our starters that you feel might need some explaining. And then really what I want to focus on is our last selections and, of course, our snubs. I picked two snubs for both the East and West, but let's start with you on this one. Who do you have as your East starters? Well, for me, as a starters, it's it's not the hardest thing to do, Um <laughs> Just because there's so many great players, and we've talked about them, you know, at length. Um, Giannis, I put KD as a start. I'm assuming we were doing all this, uh, everybody healthy at current. Okay. So I'm assuming you were doing it with yeah. everybody healthy. It makes it a lot easier and more enjoyable because who knows if KD will be available come all-star sure. game. But at, for right now, I put him as a starter, along with Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Joel Embiid. You're talking about five players players right there that when healthy are all in the MVP uh candidate. Even, you know, maybe not Donovan Mitchell, but he's definitely uh one of the stories of the season. Seventy one points will do that for you. Yeah. And uh 
So that, those are the starting five I have for the East. All right. And uh, I kind of have to echo that one. I mean, I have Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid uh, as well. Uh, those guys have been tremendous all season long. And, uh, you know, of course, KD might not be healthy, so there could be a replacement. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to our snubs. Who do you have as your East reserves on this roster? Well, this is where it gets fun, I guess. Is you know, <laughs> at the top of the list, it's not you know, it's not too hard. Jalen Brown obviously is an All Star. Tyrese Halliburton is obviously an All Star. I think Demar Derozan is obviously an All Star, and then it gets then it gets fun because I put Darius Garland on my team as a reserve. I put Bam Adebayo as a reserve, and I put Jalen Brunson as a reserve, and. The last guy I picked on here is the guy I said a few weeks ago that I said should be an all-star, even though he's a rookie. He was the number one overall pick. I think uh, Paolo Bancaro is playing like an all-star this year, and I think he's as worthy as any of them, you know, any of the last few that are um, on the outside looking in or at the on the edge. So those, those are my reserves. I picked seven. I, I think I picked seven. I hope that's right. Yeah, seven. Skills, and, uh, yep. uh, that, that's who I picked. Okay, cool. Well, we do have some uh, differences there uh, for my East Reserves. I have Jalen Brown. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton. Have DeMar DeRozan, much like you. Got Pascal Siakam. Bam Adubayo, as I arguably think he's been the best Miami Heat player consistently from start till now. Uh, he's been Mr. Reliable for them. And then instead of Brunson, I actually have the other Knickerbocker and Julius Randle. I think that one's been a toss-up. Obviously, Jalen Brunson, as of late, has just turned it on to another level. So that makes it a little bit more controversial. Um, but I don't think you can go wrong with Julius Randle uh, being in that spot as a reserve. And then my last pick is actually not going to go to Paolo Boncaro. It's going to go to Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday's done an exceptional job, especially as of late with Giannis not playing for the Bucks. He's really stepped up his offensive performances. Of course, always brings it uh, on the defensive end for Milwaukee. Um, so I, I'm giving the Bucks with where they are in the standings a little bit more credit than I would uh, a rookie on the Orlando Magic. But you do have a, a solid argument there. Um, so who are your East snubs? If you had to pick out two of them, uh, what would well, be your top two? The people, the two players I picked, and I don't, I don't call them snubs. I just call them first two out like we yeah. do for the college, you know, come tournament time, you know, first four out, all that. Because I think if, if – when we do snub talk to me in any all-star event, I always look at, all right, if you're going to snub, say somebody's a snub, you got to say who shouldn't be in, who's in that shouldn't be in. So That's when we true. get to the all-star game, we start doing that. We'll have our snubs list, but I like to do it with, all right, this person belongs in because this person does not is basically. So for purposes of this, this discussion, I did first two out and okay. my picks were Siakam and Randall. Um, Randall, you can make a case with Brunson, just like you said. You say Brunson's on a roll, and, and he is, but so is Julius Randall. He's yeah. really uh, – he's had a good, solid season all season, but he's really stepped it up the last few uh, games, really looking – and Siakam, we've talked about him over and over. Whenever you talk about the uh, Raptors, it's it's always about him. His overall numbers, playing the five, by the way, you know, yeah. being stuck playing the five, going – and I know there's not the traditional center, but still that's – a a role that he's probably not uh, not used to or not um, had better roles, had better positions available for him. And he's put up really solid numbers. I don't think if he were to get in and one of the guys that I selected were not, it's not the crime of the century. It's all one of the ones left out isn't Jalen Brown or Halliburton or somebody <laughs> yeah. like that. And, yeah. you know, Ben Carroll's not going to, let's be honest, Ben Carroll's not going to be an all-star. Not, not yet. It's not his time yet. I think he's worthy of it. I'm a little bit biased. I watch him play almost every night down here. But let's be honest, he's not going to be an all-star. I just think maybe I think he should be. Yeah. No, and that's fair. I mean, you get your vote. So, Boncaro gets your vote, and, and that that's good. Uh, my, my two East snubs, Jalen Brunson. Again, as you mentioned, it's almost like a coin flip at, a coin flip at this point with uh, between him and Julius Randle. Brunson would be I, – I mentioned him first because if Kevin Durant is unable to play, I certainly hope he gets the call to be the honorary replacement 
he's definitely uh, deserved it with the making the big switch, heading to the Big Apple on the big contract, and he's delivered thus far uh, for the Knicks. And then my second one uh, might be a little controversial. I have James Harden as the second replacement. Uh, He'd be my third. Yeah, third I mean, he's time. he's played pretty good. I mean, obviously, he's not putting up the uh, Houston Rockets scoring numbers that we once witnessed, um, but he's distributing the ball at an exceptional level. Uh, leads the league, I believe, at this point in time in assists. I think he mm-hmm. just took over the, the leaderboard in that. And, uh, you know, Philly has been playing much better as of late. They're on their West Coast swing. I believe they play Portland later on uh, here tonight. Um, and, and for as much criticism as James Harden has gotten with his body, things of that nature, I think he's really came out. He's been disciplined in the games that he's participated in and is having a tremendous season. Uh, yet again. So James Harden would be my second. But let's go ahead and shift our attention now to the West. Who who do you have as your West starters? As the West, I have looking here real quick. My pick. I mean, it, again, this is uh, the first couple of guys are we're going to have them. Yeah. Um, we may have all five for all I know. But uh, I my choice is Luca, okay. LeBron, Jokic, Gilgis Alexander. And I put Steph as a starter playing tonight. He's looking, you know, he's back from injury, so he looks healthy. If he's healthy, that's good enough for me uh, yeah. at all times. So those would be my starting five. Um, a little more guard heavy, but Luca's big. He can he can play. And this is an all-star game. We're not, you know, we don't have to have uh, everything in exact order position-wise and stuff like that. So these guys will be able to find each other with the ball without any problems. No doubt about that. That that shouldn't be a problem with that team, especially with uh, the <laughs> I vision. Just realized, I just realized all the passing that would go on with that group. Uh, between, yeah, between Steph and Jokic and LeBron and Luca and SGA, <laughs> that ball's moving. I just yeah, realized there's, that. There's no problem getting that ball moving and having some <laughs> fun out there uh, for dunks. And you know how the All Star Game flow goes. Yes. They they would be sharing with one another for sure. Um, my West is a little bit different uh, and. At the guards, I have Luca and SGA. Um, I think it's hard to argue against those two being in the backcourt this year. LeBron James, he's definitely in there as well. I have the Joker, of course, starting at center. Arguably uh, has a chance at a third MVP this year with how he's been playing, especially as of recently. He's continued just to kind of blow us away with triple doubles and making it look easy out there. And then my last one, it's kind of like your Boncaro pick of, of making the team. But for me, it's I think he'll make the all-star team, but he's definitely not going to be a starter. But I threw him in mind. DeMontis Sabonis, I mean, he's having an incredible season with Sacramento. Love for him to get some uh, recognition as being a starter out in the West. Don't think it's going to happen. But as far as my list is concerned, uh, I, I put him in as a starter. I think he's worthy. Um uh, but let's go ahead and head into your uh, seven West reserves, Will B. Well, my reserves are, I put down, uh, and again, this is all under the, the assumption that guys are healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put Devin Booker as an all-star. I put John Morant. I put Laurie Markkinen. Uh, Anthony Davis, if, assuming he's healthy, which obviously is a big assumption whenever it comes to him. Uh, yeah. I have Sabonis as a reserve. I put Zion Williamson as a reserve. And then I put the guy last week I mentioned I'd like to see get some all-star consideration, so I'm giving it to him, Anthony Edwards. I think okay. uh, Ant is uh, – we talked about – I talked about him last week. His scoring has improved every year. His rebounding improved every year. His assists has improved every year. His shooting from the field has improved. His three-point shooting has improved. What, I mean, there's not much more you want out of a player – and his third season in is to keep improving to the point where he's a 25 a night guy. So that for me, plus he's got, he's got to be on that train wreck of a franchise right now in Minnesota. So that should be, you should get some reward for that. Yeah. And the Ant-Man didn't make my list, but I mean, for what he's been doing this year and all the improvements that you just stated without cat on the floor, another, offensive threat and weapon that kind of can take the attention off of him on the perimeter. I mean, it's just very impressive at such a young age, uh, being able to have that consistent improvement across the board. 
And, and also just trying to mesh and, and transition to, to having Gobert down low. I mean, that's got to be a huge uh, adjustment for a guy like that in just his, uh, what is this, his second year or third year? It's third year. Number third one year. overall pick in third yep. year. It's, I mean, that franchise is just a disaster right now with <laughs> everything going. I mean, they're playing okay. They're not playing okay, but their injuries away. But, I mean, the Rudy Gobert trade is just looking awful right now. Awful. I mean, that would look awful even from like a, a fantasy trade in, in, a, in a fantasy. And just the future of it, too. I mean, not only yeah. they got somebody who is not even coming close to being impactful on their team, but everything they gave up, all the first round picks down the road. I mean, if this doesn't work out, there's real trouble there in, in, uh, in the Twin Cities. For sure. No doubt about that. Now, for my. West reserves. I've got Steph Curry, who you had as a starter. Devin Booker absolutely needs to be in there. He was an MVP candidate before he left the Suns due to injury. And we've seen how the Suns have struggled without Book on the floor. Um, So case in point, close there with him. Zion Williamson certainly makes my list if healthy. He's had a tremendous year for the Pelicans. De'Aaron Fox is who I threw on my list. I think the Kings being at the top of the Pacific Division. Uh, he is Mr. Fourth Quarter for that Sacramento team and constantly delivers on a nightly basis. John Morant, of course, has to be in there. I got Anthony Davis, another guy that we had mentioned, uh, specifically you, playing MVP caliber yeah. ball before being hurt. And then Laurie Markkinen. I think it would be a shame if Laurie Markin did not make this year's all-star team. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that I have a couple of those guys that are currently on the IL with Booker, Zion, and uh, – Anthony Davis on my reserve list because uh, I do have two West snubs um, that I would be very excited uh, to get into the game. But let's go ahead and start with with your two uh, next in guys. Well, first thing is, if I were anybody in the Western Conference with all the injuries going around there, I'd be on alert for my All Star um, uh, selection. You know, All Star consideration. I, I don't think anybody's out of realm of going at this point because of all the injuries to some of the players we mentioned. But my my two reserve two first two out guys, whatever you want whatever you want to call it, is De'Aaron Fox. I think he is um has really stepped up his game. Obviously 31 uh the other night. He's done that all year. Uh it's an amazing he's an amazing player for the fact that he's really a not much of a shooter and yet he gets his points. He gets in the lane as well as anybody in the league at any size. It's pretty remarkable how well he is at that. And Damian Lillard, uh, when he's healthy, he's obviously – he had a tremendous December um, once he got healthy, and uh, he's really been impressive to me. You know, you, you just got to make some choices. And like I said, if he gets selected, he's such a name, he probably would get selected. I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to get in. So I would say either Fox or Lillard probably would, but they're definitely worthy. It's you know, uh, it's not a crime of the century to for Damian Lillard to get in over some of the guys that I mentioned. I just happen to think highly of some of the other ones I put in. Yeah, and for my West snubs, I have uh, Aaron Gordon of the Denver Nuggets. I've been high on him all year. Where the Denver Nuggets are in the Western Conference standings overall has been impressive. And as good as Joker is, there's always got to be another guy that really is helping that team out on a nightly basis consistently. And Mr. Consistent outside of uh, the Joker has been A.G. Aaron Gordon. And my second one would be Damian Lillard, Dame Time in Portland. Uh, He, especially recently, last night, he had an incredible game. Uh, They did fall short. uh, But Damian Lillard has been strong uh, with the Portland Trailblazers this year. I, I also want to give him a ton of credit for just helping develop and mentor Anthony Simons. And I don't yeah. think, uh, you know, we give enough credit to to Dame time behind the scenes and what he's doing to kind of make sure that that group really gels and meshes well together. You know, I mean, they've got a lot going on there with Jeremy Grant being entered into the mix. And I think he kind of brings a calmness to that team, helping out a first, you know, a first-time head coach, not first-year, second-year head coach, and and Chauncey Billups. I mean, what better point guard to have, at, you know, leading your team as a fir- you know a first-time head coach than Damian Lillard? You know, you remember that for, we haven't talked about him enough on this, you know, a whole lot on this podcast. But you know, a year ago, 
They traded Covington. They traded Norman Powell. And it looked like the French, you know, they weren't sure what Damian Lillard was going to want. Was he going to be asked to be traded and all any of that stuff? And they did it based on the fact that they had a plan. People like, you know, fans or whatever maybe couldn't see it, but Simons was a big part of that. They saw what they they saw what they uh, the potential in him, and they wanted to pair him up with Lillard once healthy. I agree with you. I think they got they have a plan in place, and I think it's working out in the right direction. Totally agree there. And you know, another thing that I thought about making my Western Conference All Star list is kind of just going back real quick to Anthony Davis. I thought I found this very interesting because I've been keeping up to date with kind of where he's at with his. Uh, rehabilitation, trying to return to to the court. And, you know, right now he's in non-contact drills and practices with the Lakers. He is set to return as of now, reportedly early February. So there is a chance that he does suit up in a Lakers uniform prior to the All-Star game. So it begs the question will be, and I got to ask you, if you're the Lakers, even if he just plays 10 minutes, do you take that risk? knowing that you could be potentially even just 10 minutes, like one, you know, transition dunk where he tries to get fancy or, you know, one time going to try to block a shot on a floating layup. Like, do you take the chance that he could get hurt in that 10 minutes of game time action in the all-star game and potentially ruin a wonderful season from LeBron in age 38? I would, I would say that falls under the category. Let's see where we are when he returns. Okay. Uh, there's been, you know, if the Lakers are in a serious contention mode for at least a playoff spot, um, no, I don't want to risk them. I don't want to, you know, I I want to see everybody at full strength, and I want to see us um, everybody healthy. If it's mm-hmm. bottoming out for the Lakers, and that goes week to week, as we know with Los <laughs> yeah. Angeles, we don't know from week to week. We don't know if they're getting themselves together or it's it's you know the wheels are falling off. So that falls under the category. Let's see where we are. Because by the time, you know, by the time you get to the All-Star game, it's not the halfway point of the season. We've already, we're here. At yep. the, you know, that was a week ago. So yep. by the time we get, you know, it's another month away. And there's only so many games left. So we'll have a good idea where the Lakers are at that point. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I think right now with how the West stands and the standings and the Suns continuing to struggle, the Suns are in like 12th place right now. Yep. Uh they're right in. They're right in the mix to, to go ahead and at least get in a play-in spot, and could be a dangerous team uh, with buyout candidates getting a, a savvy vet that could fill a role and be serviceable uh, as a reserve on that team. If I'm the Lakers, I'm telling AD, "Hey, let one of these other guys just take your place, even if he comes back before the All Star break. I would not want him stepping out on the floor for even just a minute." Uh, of that actual game. I think it's just way too high of a risk and too much at stake with, I mean, how many more LeBron years do you have left of great right. basketball? I mean, we and, don't know. and by the way, there is a good chance that Anthony Davis will feel the same way as well. I don't think, you know, it would probably be how he feels, but I have a good feeling uh, he's not going to risk it either. If he thinks he can come back and we can, you know, lead a charge to the playoffs or whatever. The other thing is too, at this stage right now, this season, do we really think the Lakers are a factor in the West? I mean, even is, is the whole goal just to make the play-in tournament? Is the whole goal to compete for a cha- – you know, they got LeBron to compete for championships. They got the one, but that it wasn't just the one they were going for. They want multiple ones. And I don't know if by the time he gets back where they're going to be, but no matter where they are, they're not a competing team for a championship right now. Yeah. So well what are you said, risking? There, I guess my point is, what are you risking at that point? Yeah. No, totally agree with you there. I think those are some strong points and uh, should be interesting to see how they handle that. But uh, World B, we have gone ahead and reached our halftime. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break and come back real soon with the second half. And we're back with the third quarter to start our second half here. And uh, boy, do we have a lot of, lot to talk about here. And uh, what happened earlier on today, an exciting matchup in Paris, France, between the Chicago Bulls, technically visiting uh, the home team, Detroit Pistons. Bulls 
went ahead and won that game ruled B. Not sure if you got a chance to see the box score yet, but it seemed like an exciting event uh, for some international play. Joakim Noah was there uh, sitting courtside. I know they had some celebrities like Pharrell Williams and Pusha T, a popular rapper, in the house as well. And Wemba Nyama also made in his appearance uh, to, to go ahead and watch the game. Uh, what did you uh, – did you get a chance to see the game? And uh, I, I'm sure you saw the box score. Uh, what were your takeaways from, from that whole event? I got to watch some of the game. I got to look at the box score. Um, both were not the prettiest of, of sights. Um, <laughs> it was a, you know, while it was a nice event or whatever, it was a one-sided game. The Bulls never trailed. Um, they dominated uh, this game for the most part. They jumped out to a big lead uh, after, I think they're up seven after one. Um, you know, they're, the Bulls are, I don't know what to make of the Bulls right now. I keep waiting for them to get going. But, you know, last 12 games, they win two in a row. They lose two in a row. They win three in a row. They lose three in a row. And now they've won two in a row. So, you know, let's see what – you just – they have the players. They have a, quote, big three to get them somewhere, I think, in DeRozan, in Levine, in uh, Vukovic, whatever. And they just don't have – something's not there because they just can't get on a roll at any point. They're still under 500 after all this. So today was a good win for them. Let's see what happens going forward. Yeah, they just haven't been able to put it together um, for long enough stretches. And uh, at this point, I'm still not a buyer. If you were to ask me about uh, the Chicago Bulls this season and their chances to make an exciting playoff run, I'm, I just don't see it from this group. Uh, one guy that's really kind of you know stood out and has been a disappointment is Goran Dragic. I know obviously he's on the back half of his career, only probably has a, a year or two left of playing, but I thought that was an outstanding signing in free agency. They were in real need of, of a backup point guard, especially getting a guy uh, as seasoned and experienced as Goran. He hasn't really uh, played too well, uh, played just 13 minutes in this one. And, and it was, like you said, kind of an ugly one. So a little garbage time there. Uh, three points, one of three shooting, just hasn't been there for for the full season. And then, of course, they've had their fair share of injuries. Not uh, getting a lick of Lonzo Ball at all this year uh, ha- has been a disappointment for that team. And then just that big three just hasn't been able to to really mix it up well enough for me to to really ever get excited. But uh, from a betting perspective, will be I was I, I didn't know how to take this one. I, I this was a complete layoff because. Um, those international games are quite interesting. You know, a lot of the wives and girlfriends also make the trip. There's a lot of excursions, sightseeing, things of that nature. And, uh, you know, the Pistons did scare me being a young team. And really, these games, I think, are, are, are kind of a toss-up. Who could win? I don't think, you know, strength of a roster can play as much of a factor than it does in the regular season just because there's so much going on with the travel and all the other uh, commitments. So, um, well. I mean, the Bulls go seven to twenty-three from three-point range, and they win in a walk. I mean, yeah. that's, just, I mean that's just that's because the Pistons go eight for thirty-four. I mean, yeah. you know, Detroit's just you know they're just not a good, um, not a good scoring you know, offensive team. You know, the one thing these two teams have in common this month they've beaten the Warriors. Yeah, go figure that one. But since <laughs> the Pistons have beaten the Warriors, their offense. You know, they're getting beat early. They're just, you know, they have a net efficiency of nearly 11 points per 100 possessions are getting outscored in the first quarter. I mean, you can't, when you're young, you can't make that up. You know, it's, it's hard when you don't have an offense like they, they really don't tonight. Isaiah Stewart goes one for 10. I mean, mm-hmm. how many, how many supposed <laughs> to win with that? You know, and it's, you it's can't. just, it's trouble. You know, Killian Hayes goes two for 13. I mean, I, you know, I know it was a big deal. You know, it was a big event, but you know, how am I supposed to win games like? So, I mean, they're growing. They're they're learning. They have their moments. They're just few and far between for Detroit. Yeah, and I was quite surprised to see Killian Hayes play so well or play so bad, I should say. Uh, two of thirteen in a homecoming game. He got a huge right. standing ovation in the starting lineup. Uh, I thought he was going to be ready to to go out there and perform and put on a show. Uh, back home and a, and a rare opportunity to do so in the, at the NBA level. Um, so that was a bummer there. But um, 
You know, we are recording this Thursday night. You did mention the Warriors World B. We have an exciting matchup going on on TNT as we speak. I'm not sure where that one is at, but Golden State is visiting the Celtics in Boston tonight. It looks like uh, the Warriors are holding on to a one-point lead with just under five minutes to play in the fourth. Uh, you had mentioned to me off the air that you were tuned into the first half of that game. Uh, what kind of stood out to you in that uh, that first half, and uh, what are the Warriors doing well, a team that's been struggling on the road against uh, a tough team to play in Boston? Well, they're, they're playing – when they have Steph in the lineup, it really can counterbalance uh, the lousy defense that they've had. A lot of their struggles on the road, not all of it, but uh, you know, a good bunch of it was without Steph. So that, that was trouble. He, you know, he had the real exciting uh, half-court shot. They were trailing most of the half, not by a lot, but behind most of the half. And then Steph hits a three at the buzzer from the other side of the logo beyond half-court and switches it in the crowd, the oohs and ahs. So, and, and then they jumped out in the third quarter and built up a nine-point lead right out of the third quarter. I don't know if that three-pointer at the you know half-court shot had anything to do with it, but – you know, the lineup is getting full, and you know they're still they still got some players out, but you got your big three, you got Pool, they they have players, you know, getting healthy, and you talk. We just talked about the Bulls not being able to get on a run. I would much, I would think the Warriors have a much better chance to get on a run before a team like Chicago. That's a team that's struggling right now in the standings. But they're a team that can get back in. And we talked to them. If they step up to improve their defense, I don't want to play them. <laughs> I, I, I'll play them now when their defense right. is shaking. But they're having a good run tonight against, you know, three minutes, two and a half to go. And Boston's at 100 points. So number one or two uh, scoring offense in the league. Yeah, they're not at 100 yet. So that's a good job by the Warriors tonight. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, uh, the Celtics were – um, anxiously awaiting whether or not Jalen Brown would be available for this one. He was a game time decision. Unfortunately, he's really struggled from the field in his return. He is three of 14. And just looking at the box score here will be uh, a team that consistently shoots the three ball pretty well. They're really struggling from the outside here tonight. Tatum three of 11, uh, Horford 0 for three, Brown 0 for three, and Malcolm Brogdon five of 15 from the field, three of eight from three. And uh, they haven't gotten anything from Derek White. Derek White's 0 for 6 from the field, 0 for 3 from, from deep. So uh, You can't play the Hornets every night now, Boston. You can't you can't play <laughs> – you can't spend your whole season in Charlotte. You know, at some point you got to play some of these other teams. So, no, it's just – it's it's a – given what we know about the Celtics, it's an off night for them. But it's an off night against a team that's playing better in the Warriors. But now yeah. we got to see the Warriors do it for three weeks in a row. We got to – yeah, we've seen the moments where it looked like the Warriors are going to get their game together and then they get you know, blown out. They lose to the Pistons. Yep. It should never happen. Or they lose to the Bulls, which shouldn't happen this season. So I, uh, I, it's a good win if it holds up, however it turns out. It'd be a good win for the Warriors. It wouldn't be the worst loss of all time for the Celtics, but um, definitely not a good night for them offensively. Yep, no doubt about that. And uh, in the second half of the TNT schedule here tonight, uh, the Brooklyn Nets face off here in Phoenix uh, against the Suns. Suns, again, extremely shorthanded uh, without much of their usual rotation. But on, for the Brooklyn Nets, they do have uh, Kyrie back. Kyrie is playing tonight. And uh, Ben Simmons had a pretty phen- phenomenal game at this rate uh, offensively in their last Loss. They've been struggling on this uh, road trip thus far. Um, but, you know, what are you going to be looking forward to in that matchup here tonight in Phoenix between the Nets and the Suns? Well, you mentioned it's a team. It's what a, it was a glory matchup about a month ago. Yeah. It was one you, you wanted to set, put everything aside and watch. And now it's like, <laughs> it's not even close to being the uh, glam, you know, glamour matchup we thought would be. It's all going to be about Kyrie with the Nets. What, what can he do? He's, He's really struggled in the first two games. He missed the game against the Spurs the other night, but you know against uh, against the, you know Oklahoma City and the Celtics before then, you know his first two games, sixteen to forty four from the field, four of eighteen from three point range. The first two games without KD, 
I mean, that, that's just not going to get it done for for him or the the uh, the Nets, who really, you know, they're 0-3 since KD's injury. You know, they're getting less than a point per possession. They're the only team in the league over that stretch, you know, which is, well, a week or so, but they're the only team in the league that's not getting a point per possession. And it we it was the thing we worried about with him when KD got hurt. What was going to happen with him? Well, we're seeing it right now. The defense is great. Their defense is still really, really solid, and but they they're not shooting the ball well. It's not just Curry; then none of them are shooting the ball well. And uh, you know they definitely what well, uh, fifteen of sixty four from three point range the last two games. Ouch! That's just you can't win. You, you no. can't win in this league doing that. And that's not the team. They don't have. We're not talking about. You know, I I'm sorry, Detroit. We're not talking about the Pistons here. We're talking about a Nets team that has shooters, Seth Curry, Patty Mills. They have guys who can shoot Kyrie Irving when he's healthy, but you know, they're just not doing it right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. What I'm looking forward to in this matchup here tonight is, is the two front court fives. I think it'll be fun to see Nick Claxton as Jared Greenberg pointed out on our show, having an exceptional year, especially defensively. He's blocking a ton of shots. So you got kind of the string being, Rim runner and and Nick Claxton going to be active on those boards going up against DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Ayton, a guy that has struggled kind of using his physical presence. Tonight should be a night he establishes low post position and tries to bang down uh, and and wear down uh, Nick Claxton in the post. So I'm hoping that the Suns, you know, get him uh, some opportunistic touches down in the paint and, uh, you know, they, they really need him to, to really step up his play. And I, I feel like they haven't gotten that yet during this tough stretch without a lot of their main rotation players. And it, it's sticking out like a sore thumb. I mean, this it, guy just got paid a max and yeah. uh, he's not he's not producing. It's like it, he, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, their, their offense is just, you know, since Booker went down, they're the worst offense in the league. So, you know, and over the last month now or exactly a month since he went down or since, you know, he got uh, hurt and they're just two and 12 in the last 14. Like I said, they're their worst offense in the league and their defense is bottom 10. Well, you can't win. You can't win. No. If you have a, two, two rankings in the bottom 10, nobody wins that way. They're, you got to at least have one uh, somewhere in the elite category. You know, their net efficiency over this stretch is minus 7.2, which means they're getting outscored by seven points every per 100 possessions. Well, the only teams that are worse over this stretch are to two of the youngest teams in the league in Houston and Detroit. I don't want to be in that category if I'm thinking championship. They're like the Nets. They're, they're, they had designs on the championship, and now they just desperately need a win. They probably need a win worse than the Nets do at the moment. Yeah, I would totally agree there. The Suns could use a home win in the worst way right now. And uh, one last note on that game, this will be kind of like a uh, – "Quote unquote revenge game for T.J. Warren. Uh, I, oh, you can't nice. bring up the Nets, and I can't bring him up. You know, I was that's in your Phoenix. guy. I, I was in I was in Phoenix working with T.J. back when he was uh, a rookie and uh, in his second year. So uh, I'm surprised just, you didn't put him on your All Star you know, contenders. <laughs> there, <laughs> he's actually been struggling uh, as of yeah, recently. He has not been playing as well as I thought, and uh, you know, as much there's as really I, nobody on the Nets over this stretch that can. Hang that you can say, oh, he's playing well. Ben Simmons actually, we begged him to get some shots, take some shots, so he did. He took ten shots the other night, got a triple double out of it, almost a quadruple double thanks to seven turnovers. But you know, he, uh, they need, you know, they need him to step up or whatever. You saw what you know he's capable of. He's he's a triple double guy. We know this. He just has to be a little more aggressive uh, shooting the ball. Yep. Yep. Hopefully he. Provides a little shooting here tonight in Phoenix. Looking forward to watching that game on on later tonight. Now heading into our next segment here, I want to do a little fun mailbag. As you know, World B, we did ask uh, some of our loyal listeners to go ahead and ask us some questions, and uh, certainly we will have answers for them. So uh, for future shows, if you have questions, please reach out to us on social media when we go ahead and post the show and kind of promote things that we're going to be talking about. Um, So I did pull two of them. Uh, from about 8 to 10 that we did get. So I want to thank all those for uh, sending those in. We will get to your questions at some point, so don't think you're going to go unnoticed on the show. But first, I want to start with a question from James. James wants to know, World B, 
What's our take on Lori Markadon being named an all-star this year? And is it deserved in the Western Conference? Well, I think you and I both uh, think he's deserving of it. We put him on our list. Sure, he's, yeah. He's absolutely – he's a player that – he wasn't a throw-in in that deal um, for Donovan Mitchell, but he was somebody who – he was not the star – piece he wasn't an all-star caliber player they needed other pieces you know because his career did not look like it was gonna develop the way we thought it was and now he's almost 25 a night he's 24.8 points a game 8.7 rebounds per game he's one of 10 in the league they're doing that the other nine Luca, md tatum Giannis, lebron ad siakam uh Jokic, and randall the difference is Markinen is the only one of that group that's shooting 40% from three. So he's he's definitely worthy of it. Uh, it's a nice bounce back. He's one of my favorite players this season be, because we kind of dismissed him, and he's telling everybody, yeah, you should have remembered me. Yeah. No, and I echo a lot of the thoughts you just had. You know, kind of going back to that trade uh, – with for Donovan Mitchell, you know, he wasn't, of course, a throw in. But the thing that I considered at the time that the deal went down is, you know, w- with the season that he had previously in Cleveland, he was technically a bad contract because they had given him big money in Cleveland. So he was kind of like not a throw in, but kind of just like a bad contract that you wanted off the books. And now that that contract's really paying off. I mean, he he's certainly uh, playing up. Uh, to the money he's being paid, and, and and no doubt about it, he is a uh, an all star this year. He's probably so. not five. If you were looking at five surprises from this year, he's probably you know whatever storyline or surprising players, he's probably on the list. He's got yeah, be. yep. Because so, he was a disappointment until this this year. No, I mean, yeah, that's, no, that's just no how question. it was. His career yeah. was a disappointment to the until this season. Yep. So uh, we want to thank James for the question. Absolutely. Second question will be. Uh, Max wants to know, starting from scratch and building a team for the next seven years, rank these point guards. We have John Morant, SGA, Trey Young, Darius Garland, LaMelo Ball, and Tyrese Halliburton. Maybe we just do uh, you know, a, a quick list on, on, on this and, and who you would take uh, in order. Uh, well, I mean, my list, if I were looking at it, i put down, I think number one would be John Morant. Uh, number two would be SGA. Number three would be LaMelo. I'm biased, but, you know, sue me. That's how it is. <laughs> uh, number four would be Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, number five would be Darius Garland. And number six would be Trey Young. Uh, the top five you could probably – or two through five, you could probably switch them up to me and you'd be fine. Probably yeah. one through one through five as well. I think if you mix, put them in any order, you'd be fine. Yep. And when I when I read this question from Max, I thought about the expansion talk that is going on that we quite possibly might see two new teams. Uh, So I kind of put it in that perspective of, you know, if I got my pick, if I'm the owner or general manager of one of those expansion teams, this is how my list would go. Number one for me would be Tyrese Halliburton. I think just the leadership, everything that he displayed in Sacramento, I want to build something special here uh, for a team that was in the rut. I don't think there's a better player you can make the face of your franchise and also be the face of your offense than Tyrese I think he's super unselfish team-oriented guy high character Uh, for those of you that haven't listened to Tyrese Halliburton's recent uh, sit down on uh, the Woj podcast highly recommended it was super interesting and just a tremendous guy number two John Morant Uh, really do like his attitude despite giving him a lot of crap on the show uh, you know, it's him against the world. And, uh, you know, he has been on a bigger stage. So I, I do like the fact that he has experience. Of course, he's one of the more exciting players in the league, uh, always up there in jersey sales amongst uh, the kids. So uh, he's going to be bringing people through the door to watch that high act display uh, on a nightly basis. Number three, I have SGA. I mean, what he's been able to do for, with this Thunder team, I think they're currently like in seventh place in the West, just tremendous uh SGA is a no doubt uh guy I'd love to have on my team number four I got your guy LaMelo Ball um you know I always consider LaMelo Ball an interesting guy a lot of people didn't like that I compared him and Halliburton who would you rather have uh just because of uh 
the fact that Halliburton's uh, clearly playing the better ball as of now. But I take into consideration Charlotte's roster and, and kind of the situation environment he's in. Be interesting if I could formulate my own team, uh, making him my first selection in an expansion draft. Who else I could get that would really mesh well with his game? And, you know, maybe he wouldn't take nine to 10 step back three pointers, you know, out of the flow of the offense if he had some actual pieces around him. So Lobello is my number four. Number five, Darius Garland. Uh, Garland's having a tremendous year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, as Bruce pointed out. You know, he does have a lot of similarities with his handle and passing to a Kyrie Irving. Uh, just a tremendous talent there. And my last would be Trey Young. Uh, I think this year definitely hurt him a ton, but never a guy that's been uh, labeled as a defender. Obviously, he's a little undersized. So when when stacked up against these other guards, just not a guy that uh, I, I would put in front of my, my first five. So can't shoot wanted, this year. And, he, and yeah, he can't even. Shoot. That's, I mean, if Trey Young's not shooting, you're running out. Of, you're almost running out of things for him to do. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He's one of the worst shooters in the league. Now he's still a great assist guy, but his his thing is shooting, and he's not doing it this year. No, not at all. So we want to thank Max for the question, and I want to thank Max because he certainly helped us get to our little fourth quarter game here, a little of a quick hitter world B. I wanted to play Would You Rather NBA Player Edition. And uh, I'm going to start with you since I didn't ask uh, this when we were doing the rankings, but you know, would you rather have LaMelo Ball or Tyrese Halliburton? Well, I'm going to be the guy. I want LaMelo Ball. Okay. And everybody else, nine out of ten people want Tyrese, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think you could absolutely make the case for mm-hmm. Tyrese. He's gonna be an all-star. Lamelo's not, but Lamelo has. You know, if you look, if you break him down, he's a he's got more scoring than Tyrese, but Tyrese has a few more assists. Ball has a few more rebounds. Tyrese is a, a much better shooter than people give him credit for. You know, he's about forty percent shooter this year from three-point range. And that's been his, his uh, average for his career. So he's, he's a lot better shooter than people give him credit for, uh, his effect, which raises his effective field goal percentage, which is almost 58%. His usage rate is he always wanted to get the ball more before the season. Well, he's getting it at a career-high rate of about 24%. LaMelo Ball, he's got the ball in his hands about 30% his usage rate. He's shooting about 37% but he's taking about 10 threes a night. LaMelo just doesn't have the pieces, as you mentioned, that at other guys. He's taking on names, but Terry Rozier is maybe the worst shooter in the league this year. for yeah. um, because And it's no fault of his necessarily. Uh, Terry's had to play the point because of injuries and create for others, and it's tough to you know shoot your own shot and create for others if you're not used to it. So I'm not dumping on, but he has been one of the worst shooters in the league. So Melo doesn't have the pieces that Tyrese has. Um, I like LaMelo. I've always liked him. I'd probably take him. Okay. Yeah. Scary Terry has taken on a whole new meeting this year in Charlotte. Yeah, it has. (laughs) All right. Next one. Would you rather have Tyler Hero or Jordan Poole? You know, when I looked at this initially, my first thing was to say uh, Jordan Poole. Okay. And then I looked at the numbers. Pool's Pool's a bigger name right now. He's you know he's on the glamour team, the defending champs, and you know he took him for the team in the preseason there with the punch. But um, <laughs> he, uh, if you look at the numbers, they're very comparable. Their scoring is about the same. Their assists are about the same. Tyler Hero is a a little bit better rebounder, and he plays a little bit more than uh, than Pool does. He doesn't turn the ball over as much as Poole does. Poole, Poole gets about five fewer minutes or four fewer minutes and turns it over uh, more than more often. Than that. He's not shooting the ball well this year, to, uh, Jordan Poole is, just 32% from three while Hero's at 38. Um, they're about to, there's a little bit different in the effective field goal percentage. Uh, Tyler Hero's got a lot of talent around him. Obviously, Jordan Poole does too. So it's really – this is a close one. I would probably go Tyler Hero, but I couldn't fault anybody who wanted to take Jordan Poole. Yeah. And these are two guys that just got their big paydays this past summer. So also an interesting fact with that. I'm going to go with Tyler Hero. I think he's got the gritty toughness. Um, I think uh, Jordan Poole gets a little glamour just being in that 
exciting Golden State offense and uh, being within a system with with Clay and Curry makes it a little bit more easy uh, to to really kind of stand out and have some fun out there. Um, so I, I would go with Tyler Hero there. Next one's really fun. Uh, I think they're two very comparable players. If anyone out there has their own uh, input, definitely send us a comment uh, on a tweet or a comment on Instagram. Uh, will be next one is Bones Highland or Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, well, I like IQ. I'm biased. Okay. All right. I think I think he's uh, he's a nice spark off the bench. But so is Bones Highland, uh, who has the luxury of playing with uh, the MVP there, and so, yeah. so that's nice. Uh, I like it Quickly seems to provide the jolt of energy that the Knicks need off the bench. Um, and when you know it's no, I think when these when the things are going well, it's no coincidence you see him in the mix. Uh, yeah. Bones Highland, like I said, you really, it's a tough call. I think he's been a good shooter. I think he's he's got that explosiveness too. I just I think the explosive nature with uh, with IQ is maybe a little bit greater. Okay, I'm gonna go with Emmanuel quickly. Myself, um, while you know his nickname, nickname is IQ, he still lacks a little bit of that, but he has a little bit more to his bag. Um, really like his touch around the rim. He has a he has a floater. Uh, Bones seems to be really trigger happy from the outside. Sometimes doesn't get paint touches quickly. Does a little bit better job off the dribble. Um, so I would have to at this stage go with Emmanuel quickly, but it is a really close call. So I thought it'd be a fun one for this segment. And lastly. Uh, a big one for us to, to end on. Would you rather have Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Uh, at this stage, right now, I'd be a Luka guy. But okay. this is just like just like with Hero and Poole. I don't think there's any bad answer here. I think, you know, Giannis is Giannis. We we know the numbers. He's, he's doing it right now, or he had been doing it by himself. He's, you know, he... He's not shooting as well as he typically does. He's only around mm-hmm. 50, just above 50% from the field, which is really uh, unlike him, put it that way. Luca has really stepped up his game. We know about the triple doubles and the, and the big scoring effort. But when he starts shooting the ball better, he's around 50% from the field. He, his, he looked a whole lot better in the eyes of many when he was able to shoot the ball uh, but more consistency. And he's got the, you know, he's leading the league in scoring along with almost nine boards, along with almost nine assists. It, you really, they're both among the league leaders in usage, which is a big deal because that means the ball's in your hands and you're doing something with it all the time. Um, there's no real com- fair comparison on the threes, but Luca is making the threes where he never, you know, it wasn't always his thing. And I've been more impressed this year with Luca than I have been with Giannis which isn't the crime of the century to say, you no, know, I'm not disparaging Giannis in any way, but Luca has just been that impressive to me. Okay. I'm going to go on the flip side, take my guy Giannis. I think just having that size, that ability to play pretty much three positions defensively and then all five possessions offensively. Uh, the Greek freak having been there, won, won a finals MVP, uh, obviously one of the best performances in the finals we've ever seen. I think it's right up there with the, the yeah. best of the best. Um, I'm going to go with him. I think just that at the rate he gets to the foul line, getting guys in foul trouble. Not that Luca doesn't. I think he just causes more problems uh, from start to finish on both ends of the floor. He can block a shot, take it the full length of the floor. You know, if he gets some open space in transition, he's got a Euro step that you can't stop. You got to call, you got, either got to foul him or he's going to get call, you know, a foul or he's just going to dunk it. Um, I like the efficiency uh, of where he is as far as being the best guy in the paint. I mean, no one scores at a higher rate uh, around the rim than Giannis. So uh, I think I'm in good shape if I have him. You're in great shape if you have both of them. Um, but I, I think I'd take the, the leadership and experience Giannis has fully displayed and proven. I'm, I'm wondering the rest of this season exactly how much work they're going to give him you know, he sat out a few games with that knee injury, and I'm wondering how 
as long as it doesn't cost them too much in the standings, because you know they're not healthy. They still don't have Middleton. Drew's getting back. You know, Drew's been back and, and doing well. But I'm wondering, you know, all the work they put on him, all the load they put on him so far this year. I'm wondering going forward the rest of the season if he's not going to sit out a few more games, not the season or anything like that, but give him a little more rest to get ready because, you know, to your point, they they they're really using him like they have to. He's you know he's got all the you know putting on so many minutes in it, you know, 34 minutes a night. The kind of beating he takes, the pounding he has to take and play that takes a lot out of you if you really want to win a championship. Well, you you. I'm wondering, I'm going to be curious to see how much time he gets coming down the stretch. Yeah, that'll be very fun to see what happens with that. Of course, uh, I think any team would be willing to sacrifice a few losses now if it leads to more wins come playoff time. And uh, They're not a team that needs a home court in the in the finals or in the playoffs to, to advance. They can, if it means getting him healthy, they, if they got to go on the road for a series, they're just to your point. They're they're experienced. They know how to win. They don't need the home court as much as others do. So I'm I'll just be interested. I don't know what's going to happen. I just I'm wondering how much run he's going to have going forward the rest of the year. Yeah, and they, and they've proven that, right? I mean, the, the the year they won the NBA Finals, they were the road team in the finals. The Suns had yeah. home court advantage. So case in point, right there, will be. I'm right there with you. Um, we are playing some overtime now. I will try to quickly get through my best bet Double segment. overtime. <laughs> Double overtime. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> epic, epic uh, pod here tonight. Classic. Uh, but let's get to our best bets. Uh, this time I'm focusing in on sneaky assist guys for parlays. And I've gone ahead and picked out four guys. I'll quickly go through them. Aaron Gordon. Uh, you can safely put him in for two assists. His assist numbers are treading in the right direction and becoming more of a focus for – He's becoming more of a focus for opposing defenses. So, you know, Gordon has shown the unselfishness, unselfishness to make the right pass and play. And so keep an eye on Aaron Gordon for your parlays. John Collins, he's a good value for one assist. Uh, certainly can simply just kind of boost that parlay a little bit to get you into the pluses. Uh, on a team that doesn't really move the ball that well, John Collins is a guy that has caught the ball on the perimeter and uh, put it on the floor to, to get a paint touch and uh, typically makes a, a few good passes a night that could lead to a shot. So I like John Collins. Marcus Morris, uh, the former Jayhawk and current Clipper, uh, he gets a ton of offensive touches and typically gets catches in his sweet spots to square up his defender. He loves to square up his defender, kind of size him up, but is also keeping his, his head and eyes up. And, uh, of course, with the weapons he has around him and Paul George and Kawhi when they both play, off the ball uh, when, when Morris has it, you know, you're going to have your fair share of chances for assists there. And you got Zubak posting up. So another good option for Marcus Morris to cash in at least one assist for you. And lastly, a guy we've talked about a lot on this pod, Lori Marketing of the jazz uh, typically only good for one. So I wouldn't get greedy and do two, um, but being the focal point of the jazz offense, he gets enough touches, demands enough attention and draws enough help. And, uh, you know, their coaching staff has this team playing really team-oriented basketball, so they're always making the extra swing pass when needed and uh, playing very unselfish there. So those would be my guys to keep an eye out for your next parlay. Sneaky assist guys here on the 48 uh, Minutes podcast. Double overtime is, is kind of uh, wrapping up here, World B. It's been a fun episode. Uh, what's your final thought uh, for our listeners here tonight? You know, I, I, my final thought was we talked about the all-star teams and we named some players that we thought we should, should get in and some that maybe would just be on the outside. Neither one of us really mentioned a couple of really solid defenders. In, and I'm not saying they deserve to be all-stars, but Marcus Smart of the Celtics and Jaron Jackson of the junior of the Grizzlies. I'm not necessarily saying they deserve to be all-stars. I'm just wondering when we get to the point where you get consideration based off really solid defense. I mean, th- there's a defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks like the front runner at this point for defensive player of the year, but we never really consider them all-stars. I'm wondering at what point will we reward guys who can do the, maybe don't have 20 points a night, like Marcus Smart's only about 11 a night, but he's got about seven assists. Yeah. At what point do we overlook that and uh, pray, you know, give praise to his, uh, uh 
defensive effort, which obviously is elite since you get to be player of the year in defense. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. I feel like just no. with how the, the league goes and how trends go, it's right. all about who's putting up, putting up numbers and stats outside of just blocks and steals. But I think you make a great, great point there and, and something we should certainly consider moving forward. So uh, nice final thought there. For me, mine is short and sweet here as we are in overtime. I want to thank all our listeners, the engagement on this podcast so far. Of course, we're trying to boost that, as we've noted on our social media pages. If you guys have questions, send them in. We want you to be a part of our show. Uh, we have a lot of fun uh, interacting with you, answering questions, and want to make you involved in our podcast production. And, you know, we're, ha- we're off to a, a strong start here. Uh, very excited to be with you here on the Believe Network. And uh, we would all our success points to the people that support us, right? So just want to give a big thank you to those that uh, have been engaged with our show, listened to every episode, have reached out with uh, positive thoughts and comments and critical feedback that helps us. And uh, want to leave you all with that. So thanks for all you've done thus far. And we look forward to continuing to, to build this thing with you on board. Uh, but that will go ahead and do it for this edition of 48 Minutes, episode 11 on the Believe Podcast Network. We hope you have a wonderful weekend, and we will be back with you with Bruce back on Tuesday. Take care, everybody.